Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I am the sidekick, Dylan Waugh. I am the Mickey to Ken's Rocky. Let's go get him, Rock. Today, we are not going to waste too much breath on the losers because we've got conference finals coming up. So check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter at Ken underscore Campbell 27. Of course, at underscore Dylan Waugh. Don't forget to subscribe to KenCampbell.substack.com. And I'm not going to let a good take go to waste for that little tongue tie. You know, Ken, a long time ago, I was... It's Mick, not Mickey. It's Mick. Oh, well... You're a bum. Hey, I ain't no bum. You're a bum. (laughs) Hey, I ain't no bum. You're a bum. Hey, I ain't no bum. Well, then you're a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately, the Irish, I guess, came out of me a little bit, uh, you know, in that intro. Burgess, the great Burgess Meredith, who played Mick in Rocky. Yeah. Who went in his second best role ever. Okay. His first was, of course, as the Penguin in Batman. The, the TV of show Batman. Yeah. The campy 60s yeah, with Adam, Adam West, West. Yeah. Adam West TV show yeah. Batman. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I <laughs> okay. thought that you had more to say on the subject. I, <laughs> no, you're like the it. great. And then you're like, play the Penguin. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, his, that's his greatest role. I heard Fantastic. a I, I heard a funny joke. Okay, you want to hear? It? No, I don't know. I guess right. so. I was really scared uh, before I get married. Married because uh, I found out that fifty percent get this fifty percent of all marriages end up lasting forever. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> I thought that's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and not to go to the park with the sidekick reference, because I know that, uh, you know, you like to be included in these. What was that? I knocked it out of the park with the sidekick reference. Oh, yes, yes. Nice yeah. done. Yes, yes. This one you explained to me at the end of it, as opposed to me right. explaining it to you. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So this week, we're going to be talking about the conference finals coming up. Of course, uh, I was going to say, we're not going to be talking about the losers, but we are going to be talking about the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> Hi-oh! Hey! <laughs> and... Um, we are going to be talking about the Arizona Coyotes, but you know what? Like we were talking about it on the phone, I was thinking about it as well. Like, there's a whole off season to talk about. What are the Leafs going to do? And yet, every podcast is, is I'm hearing is really spending a lot of a lot of airtime on that and going for the low hanging fruit. Yeah, I I don't want to say much about the Leafs because I'm I'm tired of saying stuff about the Leafs. Me too. And I'm tired of hearing stuff about them. And, Me and too. as you say, we do have all summer. But I will say this. I will say this. I do not understand why people are saying trading Austin Matthews is off the table. That I don't understand. Interesting. Like, I, like I'm not saying trade him. I'm not saying deal no, him. I'm no. not, I, but I'm saying, why is that off the table? Why is that off the table? Why is it not something that you would consider along with firing whomever or trading whomever or doing whatever? or hiring this coach or that coach, why would trading Austin Matthews not at least be a consideration? Would not be at least something that you would visit, a possibility that you would visit? I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I don't understand. There's a I bro- mean, if you're open to anything, and Sheldon, or I'm sorry, Kyle Dubas, Kyle Dubas has yeah. said, if, he's, if he stays, he's open to doing anything, and, and that, why would that not be something that you would consider? Again, not saying trade him. 
Not saying trade him. Saying talk about trading him. There was an old Brian Burke story, and I'm going to get it wrong. Um, <laughs> it's a good, it's the, a good uh, the events and people were made up in this story. But no, I, I, I'm going to get the details wrong, but I'm, I'm going to get the gist of the story correct. Uh, where he called another GM about their first overall pick, and the guy said, uh, not going to happen in a million years. And Brian Burke said, what if I gave you every one of my draft picks for the next 10 years? Yeah. And he said, well, yeah, I mean, maybe. So what about all my first for the next 10 years? Yeah, well. So don't tell me there's not a price. That sounds like something Brian Burke would say. Yeah, but I mean, I think that that's kind of what you're saying, which is why would you take trading Austin Matthews off the table? Like, you mean to tell me that if the Oilers called and said, hey, we're both having trouble getting over the hump? McDavid from Matthews, one for one. Yeah, yeah. You're not listening? But 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 I don't even think it has to be that. Like, I mean, it's just... No, it's but that's just, a hypothetical. No, don't but, tell no, me but, it's off the table. No, but to me, it's off, like people are saying it's off the table because, no, you just, you don't trade Austin Matthews. Like, you can't. Yeah. You absolutely cannot trade Austin yeah. Matthews under any circumstances because he's this, that, he's won the Hart Trophy, you know, he scored 60 goals, he's, you know, he's entering his prime, I... Not absolutely 100% sure he's entering his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, he may be past his prime. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he's he, he might be. He might be. What if, you know, what if, not this past year, but 2021-22 but 20, is the absolute best we're ever going to see from Austin Matthews? Wouldn't shock me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he had 40 goals this year in what what was generally accepted as a injury plague bad year. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just injury is part of it though. Again, not say, not saying yeah. that you, that you should be dealing him, not saying that he's the guy that he's the problem that he's, you know, this, that, or the other thing, but to sit there and say, no, you absolutely do not even think about it. You sign him to an extension. You know, I mean, he's going to sign, he's probably going to sign a three to five year extension. So that means for two contracts, he will have gotten all of the money that he wants and the term that he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't agree to an eight-year deal, but he still got he still got his money. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, to me, it's it's you know, I mean, Wayne Garrett Wayne Gretzky got traded. Yep. So why would you not, as part of your entire holistic look at your roster and your franchise and your future. Why would that not be something you would at least have on the table? I don't get it. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move on from the Leafs or else this podcast is going to wind up being Ken and Dylan say they're not going to talk about the Leafs and then wind up and spending 20 minutes talking Leafs, about yeah. the Leafs. Okay. Exactly. It's only been, it's only been like about four minutes. So I, yeah. I think that we're okay, well good. within the, uh, good. the, the time frame. We will, we will only be talking about the losers in the context of looking at the next series of the winners. Mm-hmm. So do you want to start with Arizona and then... Uh, yeah, let's start with Arizona. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you released an article today <clears throat> on kencampbell.substack.com. It said at the bottom of my email that I got, I read the article, it said, it said free for today, but consider subscribing. Is that... Is that- mm, I don't know. I haven't been... I haven't been... It's been free for a while, actually. Huh. Yeah. Well, then people really have no excuse to not subscribe. Right, exactly. Is, yeah. is, like know. right now, I've been doing it for free because that way I can write when I want and I don't have to write if I don't want to. Right. So I just kind of write when I feel like 
putting my opinion out there. Wow. Yeah. That explains why I've been getting 19 articles a day no, you every haven't. day. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. And that's not that true. Was a, that was a joke that's because you said when you feel like putting yeah, yeah, your opinion yeah. out there, <laughs> which I'm given to understand is 24-7. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've spoken to Lucy on this matter. You have, have yes. you? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. At length. She's not the least bit opinionated herself, so that's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they say that opposites attract, but like, that's just not true. Oh, it's tr- it's absolutely true. She's gorgeous. I'm ugly. She's <laughs> she's creative. I'm not. She's really, really, really like tightly wound. But I, I guess what I mean is that you'd assume that like yeah. because I'm such a out there personality, like Tanya would be, you know, a, a shrinking violet or something. Right. Right. Not the case at all. Mm. Not. I'd say that at least forty percent of the social occasions that we go to, she's the outgoing vivacious one. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like you're yeah. not singing show tunes or anything like There's no Shut business up. like show business <laughs> like no business I know. Oh, Ken has taken off his headphones because the sound is hurting him to his bones. <laughs> that's, that's not that's you know, that's a good little improv at the No, it was, no, no, it wasn't good. No, I it think was, it was. It was horrible. So, you know. Anyways, you're welcome. Anyway, so Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona, Arizona. Tempe, technically. Tempe. Yeah. Tempe. Yeah. So tell me what's going on. Uh, you wrote an article about it. I do have a few questions specific to the article. Okay. But give us an overview of what's going on. Well, last night they held a, a referendum or referenda, actually, because it was three propositions that that essentially would have cleared some very, very significant hurdles for the Arizona Coyotes to develop some land near the airport. Uh, it's, it's basically industrial wasteland right now. That's what I've been given to understand. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it would have paved the way for them to build basically a $2.1 billion entertainment complex that would include an arena concert venue of this or that, the other thing. Um, and they were very confident that they were going to, that the vote was going to go their way. Polling suggested it did. Yeah, their polling did. Their internal polling did. Yeah. Um, suggested that it was going to go their way and it was going to go their way in, in like a big way, like that, that it was going to be like by 10 points or more that they were going to, that they were going to win this vote. Can I ask one question on the polling? Yeah. Did they use the same, uh, company to do their internal polling as Gary Bettman did for the digital ad boards? Might've. Yeah. Yeah. Might've. Yep. Yeah, our yeah. data suggests that people prefer people them. People love it. People, people love, love it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people love it when somebody goes in the corners and disappears <laughs> behind absolute vodka. Go on. Uh, <laughs> I've disappeared behind absolute vodka before. Um, anyway, so so story for another time. In, in reality, the the exact opposite happened, and yeah. the, and and the coyotes got trounced in this vote. Um, and there have been a lot of conspiracy theories. There have been a lot of theories that, that people were fed a lot of disinformation in this campaign, that, uh, there was a group called Tempe first, which was against the proposal who, who's kind of been telling people that there's another deal out there when really there isn't. Mm. Um, and so, uh, so it, it looks very much like, well, it it looks like their proposal, this proposal Fern Arena is is dead in the water or dead in the sand if you're in the desert. Yeah. Um, and the Coyotes are now facing a basically an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I mean, I would never say never with this team because, I mean, the NHL has demonstrated for a long time that it's it's willing to go to the wall for this franchise mm-hmm. and do whatever it takes to keep it there yeah. for reasons that not a lot of people can seem to figure out, but it has been willing to do that. And so do they go to the Phoenix Suns now and beg them to be a tenant in their arena and retrofit it so that they can put hockey in there? I don't know. Do they come up with something else? I, I don't know. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, everything points to this being it. And yeah. you've got to think that members of the Board of Governors, the guys who own the teams, the 32, well, 31 other people who own teams, who have for years and years been living through this nonsense and have been stroking revenue, sharing checks to help keep the uh, Coyotes afloat, well, they take on dead cap money and 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 get up to the salary floor by you know by taking on contracts with dead cap money. Mm-hmm. You've got to think that those those owners have had enough. But um, when it comes to Gary Bettman, I've learned that never uh, is a long time, and I, I I don't know if he has something else up his sleeve here to to keep this team there. Um, but it's, it's clear to me that, I mean, they've been, they had the fiasco in Glendale. They got kicked out of the arena. They're now playing in a, in a, in a 5,000 seat arena, college arena. Um, you know, they've been told in no uncertain terms by the people of Tempe that they're, they're not wanted there. I mean, you know, read the room guys. Yeah. (laughs) Read the room. And, and to me, what this is, is, is this is a real, very, very decisive and unambiguous indictment of the Arizona Coyotes and the mm-hmm. NHL. Because this is, this was, you know, even the mayor was saying, this is the best arena deal in the history of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a great deal. It was apparently supposed to be a great deal. The Coyotes were going to pay for the rink. The city was going to pay for the infrastructure and the um, cleaning up or whatever, like getting all that hazardous waste out of there. That was going to cost about $200 million. And then there were going to be tax breaks that had amounted to about another $500 million in, resp- in return for what was supposed to be a $2.1 billion yeah. monument to the rich, a playground, right? Uh, you know, that was supposed to bring all these jobs and all these, you know, and there were a lot of machinations in process, like unions were against them because they weren't being guaranteed, you know, the the chance to be able to build these these things. And so so anyways, so there was a lot of politicking and, and the Coyotes came out on the short end. But to me, I mean, they were going to take an industrial wasteland that's been sitting there doing nothing and will probably continue for the foreseeable future to, to be sitting there doing nothing. And they were going to turn that into this. And the people of Tempe said, no, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that tells me that the people of Tempe just said, yeah, we do not want to be Glendale 2.0. Thank you so much. You know what I mean? We don't want right. to be stuck pouring our money into a white elephant that nobody goes to for a team that's terrible and is poorly run and can't seem to get out of its own way. And I think that's, I think that's where, that's where it's at. Like if you, if, if you had put that, taken that deal and put it in another place, like, I don't know, let's say the Tampa Bay lightning, for example, Mm -hmm. right. Say Amelie arena, you know, ages out and they need a new arena and Jeff Vinnick puts this proposal to Tampa 
I yeah. bet you Tampa goes, yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable because Jeff Vinnick has a track record of stable ownership that has revived the franchise and has done a lot for the downtown of Tampa. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in 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 Phoenix, you've had a, a, a conga line of owners who are underfinanced. Um, you know, Jerry Moyes basically threw the threw the keys to the franchise on the NHL's table and said, I don't want anything more to do with it. It's yours now. Yeah. You know, um, and and the, the the biggest thing too is that they've been so bad for so long. Yeah. They've been so bad and so poorly run, and there's been so much drama for so long. Like people forget that this is a team that's been to the conference final. They were good. They were good at one time. But for about the last two decades, they've been so bad and so mired in controversy and 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 just just like so irrelevant that they haven't like we don't even know if Phoenix could be a good hockey market anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I I maintain that Phoenix might be a great hockey market. It might be a crappy hockey market. I don't know because the team has been so bad for so long that they never gave the market a chance. Yeah, you know, I mean, this wouldn't sell anywhere. This kind of stuff would have a tough time. In Ottawa or Edmonton or Vancouver or Calgary. Well, a better product had a hard time in yeah, Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. So to me, this really is an indictment of the Coyotes, the way they've been run, the way they've operated, the way they've treated people, the way they've held, uh, the way they've you know kept to their commitments. Um, you know, and I think people just said no thanks. Like it sounds too good to be true, so it probably is. So I mean that was that was going to be my main question, which is why say no? And you've answered it from a few different from a few different perspectives. Right. You've answered it from we don't want to be Glendale 2.0. It sounds to be too good to be true, so it is. And basically just this is a complete and utter indictment against the Arizona Coyotes as a viable business proposal. Right. Because the thing is, is and, and look, you know, I'm fairly pro union. I'd say for the most part, I'm fairly, but at the end of the day, like it's not going to not create jobs to build a $2 billion place. Right. 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 And, and if this, and if the city is being told you, you make that initial investment of $200 million to clean this up. No, 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 not yeah, Yeah. 250, $240 million for the infrastructure and to clean it up. Yeah. Right. And then you give us some tax breaks that amount to probably about $500 million. So that's an investment. Which is par for the course of any corporation moving to any city. Yeah. So that's an investment of under a billion dollars for, for something like that. And to me, that's why this is such an indictment is like, it's like, this is what you were getting offered and you still said no. And that's and that's because it's why like, I'm because confused it's like the guy, by it. Well, no, because it's like the guy coming up to you and saying, it's like the used car salesman coming up to you and saying, Yeah, this is a great car. This is gonna be the best car you've ever owned in your life. You're never gonna have any regrets. Oh my god, this is you know, and then you drive it off the lot and it falls apart. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is the snake oil salesman. This is the used car salesman. This is people finally saying enough is enough. You know, monorail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've been hearing promises like this for decades. Yeah, and they never seem to come to fruition. It's easy to promise things, you know, but it's it's way more difficult to do, to deliver on those promises. And you know, when you've got a product that's irrelevant in the first place, and it is irrelevant. 
Like yeah. it, it really is. Okay. Yeah. Like it, it's, I've been to Arizona. I've been to Tempe. I've been to Phoenix. I mean, there is such, they have su- the coyotes have such a low profile there. Such a lack of presence there that it's, yeah. it really is an afterthought. I feel very, very badly for the core fans of this team who are very rabid and very, very loyal, and there just aren't enough of them. And I feel badly for well, them. They'd because, have to be rabid and loyal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've put up with a lot. They've yeah. put up with a lot, yeah. and I feel badly for them. Yeah. I feel badly for the very real people who are going to be losing jobs and who are going to be affected by this. Mm-hmm. But enough, like, enough is enough. That's what it gets to. And to me, you know, you talked about all the jobs that were going to be created. Yeah, of course there's going to be jobs created in the building of an arena and in the building of an entertainment district. I mean, you know, there are lots of people who will tell you that these, you know, these sort of publicly funded sorts of pyramid schemes don't really end up adding a whole lot to the economy, you know, because it's money that people would have spent anyways somewhere else doing something else a lot of times, right? But those are... So, so yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, there is that aspect to it too, like, you know, I mean, I'm a big one for, go ahead. You want to build an arena? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Build it. Use your money. Yeah. Use your yeah, money. Yeah. And and you take all the risk and you will reap all the rewards if it works. That's yeah. the way business works. And I just think that, you know, I, I, I can't, that's what makes this more difficult to fathom is that it seemed like such a good proposal. Mm-hmm. And such a such a positive thing, and still, people said no, and they didn't just say no, you know. They said no. <laughs> they said, "Go peddle your paper somewhere else." Hard pass. Hard pass. Yeah. yeah. Hard pass. Hard no. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I look in the long term. The kinds of jobs that those arenas produce are concession stand jobs, which are not necessarily great for the economy, but in the short term. The, well, the, the it's the ancillary stuff, but it'd be all the restaurants around there. Yeah, it'd be no, all the bars. Course. It would be all the shopping and the retail and the everything else that's around there. But those jobs but, are not necessarily the best for the economy. Well, they, they, they're okay. They they're okay. But, I mean, you're bringing in money that people, like, people aren't. It's not uh, like, like for bring, the most part, like people aren't coming in... from out of out of state to go to see the coyotes, right? Like they're yeah. they're going to be in Arizona anyways, probably because it's winter time and it's nice there. Yeah. And every day you wake up and it's seventy five degrees and sunny. Yeah. And that's why they're there. So they're going to go anyways, and they're going to spend their money there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. But I I'm mean, saying that that's the long term proposal of the jobs, right. but short term in terms of building the thing. Correct. You're talking about electricians. You're talking about plumbers. Yeah. You're talking about uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, concrete form fitters. You're talking about you're talking about labor, general labor. You're talking about everything. Yeah. You're talking about really, really good jobs. Yeah. You're not talking yeah. about and, and this is no disrespect. This is this is a disrespect on our economy and how it's working right now. But we're not talking about selling hot dogs at the arena. Right. We're talking about good, well-paying jobs. Right. Support your family kind of jobs. Right. So that's what kills me is that you're going to bring in like 2000 of these jobs for three years for three years and get rid of an industrial waste ground in your city. Yeah. And, and all you had to do was put up with the Arizona guy. And people said, people said, and then people said no. And people said no. That's what blows me away is that they still said 
No. Right. And that's, it's, I find that almost unfathomable, which I almost pronounced correctly on the first try. You did, actually. Yeah, you it's did. quite yeah. good. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't exorbitantly bad. <laughs> nice. Irregardless of what you said. Listen, Anyways. you're not talking too good right now. We're going to have to bring you to the library after this. Um, I, I don't know what I don't think there's much else to say on this topic. It's it's well, I think I'd say I it's think now, now it now it sort of shifts to what happens next. Right. Yeah. So what happens next? I mean, I think that depends an, an awful lot on what the NHL decides, what the what Coyotes decide. No, but I mean, they could they could play it out and mull it for another couple of years and leave. Um, I don't think that's ideal. Is this so? Does this become an Atlanta Thrashers situation where, hey, we need a place quick? In which you can't case, play it which, out and mull it. In which case, in which case, then Kansas City or Quebec City become viable options because they have ready-made rinks that you could move right into. Um, you know, does Portland? Does Salt Lake City? Does Houston? Does you know? Does does you know whatever? You know whatever cities does that does that does that become a thing? Personally, for me, and I've said this forever, is that this team should be moving to Toronto. Markham. <laughs> no, well, Markham, Kitchener, Hamilton. Yeah. Something. I, to me, to me, if I were running the NHL, if I were like the all-seeing, all, all-powerful, omni, omni, omnipotent ruler of the NHL and hockey... There would not be two teams in Toronto. There would not be two NHL teams in Toronto. Okay. There'd be three. I'm serious. I'm serious. Okay, let's hear it. I'm serious because this is this is the most rabid, most underserviced hockey market in the world. Yeah. In the world. There's three teams in New York. There's two in LA. This well, is the biggest technically market. Technically, one of those teams is in New Jersey. Yeah, but that's New York. I know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, tell but that to the, but this is, this the folks is, from this Jersey. Is, this is, like, name me another major league where your biggest market doesn't have at least two teams. Well, the thing is, well... Name that. It, like, in, in, in soccer, there's, like, like in the Premier League, there's, like, eight teams in London. Like, I, I, I don't know, maybe there's, maybe that's too many, but there's yeah. multiple teams in London. Yeah. There's, you know, I mean... Every every sport has a bunch of teams in New York. Every sport has a couple of teams in, you know, like in, in the L.A. sort LA, of yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Like, to me, that would be the place to move this team if you want to generate a ton of revenue. And, and I'll tell you what, can you bring they, that arena deal with them? Because I seem to remember that the taxpayers of Markham were going to be paying off the majority of that arena that was proposed a few years ago. Yes, and I will not comment on any of that. Well, this is a first. May you comment on why you're not commenting? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I I don't disagree with you. I, I think that a, a thing that is under understood is the amount of people in Toronto. Number of people. The number of people. Mm-hmm. And can I tell you what my little language bugaboo is? What? It's when people say I alluded to that when they didn't allude to it, they downright said it. Oh, right. Okay. It'd be yeah, like yeah. if I said, uh, "Well, we alluded to the uh, to to getting rid of the the industrial waste in Tempe." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we didn't. The other, we the said other, it. The if other we had one is, said something yeah. like, "There's some stuff that needs to be cleaned up in Tempe," and then say I alluded to the industrial waste earlier, 
That's correct. The other one is the other one is when someone uses literally and they actually mean the opposite of literally. They mean figuratively. Yeah. Like it's like he's literally carrying the team on his back. Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Moving on. The number of people in Toronto. Who- the number of people in Toronto who are not uh, Leafs fans and are, if if I may say, not even a fan of another team, but basically just anti-Leafs fans <laughs> that would probably rally behind another team just because I, of the memes. See, I don't even think it's that. I just think there's so much. Like it's like it's like when you become a parent. It's like I don't you know have one kid. Like. You have one kid. You give all that kid that kid all your love. Yeah. And you think that if you ever have another kid, there's no way you could love another kid as much as that. And then I you can't. have another kid. Uh, well, you only have one. I have two. Yeah. Uh, then you love the other kid as much, and if you had another one, you'd love that kid as much. There is just so much here. You're wrong There's on the third so- one. That's when the drinking problem starts. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you because you can't play man to man. Then you got to play zone, right? As yeah. parents, right? That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. But but to me, it's it's like, I, I yeah, I mean, this is the most fertile, underserviced, rich, affluent crazy hockey market in the world and it has one team and it makes no sense i hear you on that uh i think that the there's two sides of it i think that the obvious choice is houston you've got the great history with the arrows uh if you look at how teams have thrived in um let's say more non-traditional hockey markets, but such as Vegas. Pro- the only problem is, is a guy in Houston doesn't really appear to want to yeah. have a hockey team. And that's, that's fine. The thing. You've got to have somebody who wants it. That's fine. But the obvious pull cord in case of emergency is Quebec City. Or Kansas City. They've got an arena. Yeah. They've got an arena. And you keep them in the West. And is everything them- up in Kansas City? They've gone about as far as they can go. It's from the musical Oklahoma. Thanks. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, I you can now listen. You can now sprinkle that into conversation. Listen, listen and now, you'll seem smart. Listen now, if you can go to another state, like the good state of Kansas, and go to Kansas City in the good state of Kansas, right? Then you should do that. Yeah, it's, that's a joke. Oh, because when it Kansas was a funny City, one. Because when Kansas City won the Super Bowl, yeah, Donald Trump said that it's a triumph for the good people of Kansas. Yeah. Kansas City's in Missouri. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I was never the president of the United States. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on. But anyways, I mean, Quebec, I guess, would be a place, but I, yeah. I you know, I mean. And you got Patrick Wall right there to co- coach. And he's look. he wants to get back in. Exactly. Apparently. He wants to get back in. He wouldn't even have to move. Yeah, yeah. Him and Chris Drury are are ex teammates, though. So, and Drury's looking for a coach. Mm. Well, you know, you know what? Though I will say this: Patrick Waugh has a great history of coaching for ex teammates. Pow! Mic drop. Nice. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Anyways, Patrick uh, Waugh, who is currently coaching in the QMJHL final with the Quebec Ramparts, I know against the Halifax Mooseheads. And uh, almost held the, well, briefly held the record for the worst uh, regular season uh, in the history of the NHL. Who? Patrick Waugh. What do you mean? With the Colorado Avalanche. They had one of the worst uh, regular seasons. What are you talking? 
Oh, as a coach? Yeah, as a coach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. as a goalie. He's oh, okay. fabulous. I was like, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, no, yeah. no. I, yeah. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't epically bad, but it was bad. It was bad. It felt epically bad yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yep. Okay, before we move on, check out kencampbell.substack.com. Subscribe to Ken's excellent writing. You can get this podcast directly into your inbox. Don't forget to check us out on Apple Podcasts. Do leave a review. We do read them, and we will possibly respond or, you know, cry, put a tear in our beer. And uh, check us out on Twitter at Hockey No Filter at Ken underscore Campbell 27 and at underscore Dylan Waugh. Hey, everybody, light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's at code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's talk about the West first. The okay. Western Conference Finals is okay. Uh, one thing I want to get final. Out, one, yeah, it's the Western <laughs> Conference Final. That's right. Okay. The one thing I want to get off my chest here before we start talking about these two series is Siri. Yeah, Siri <laughs> Serum. These two series is people. Stop complaining about it. Yeah. Shut up. I agree. Like, all I'm hearing is, oh, well, you know, this won't be, this won't play very well in Canada. Oh, well, nobody cares about these teams. You know, like, shut up. It's going to be good hockey. Just watch good hockey. Like, to me, that, and that's what bugs me about the NHL is, like, would anybody care, like, like with, with the Milwaukee Bucks the way they are now? Yeah. As good a team as they are now. Like, if they make the NBA final, do you think people are going, oh, uh, Milwaukee in the final? You know, if no. Indiana Pacers are in the final, or if the, you know, if the Oakland A's or, you know, whatever are in the World Series. Do you ever hear people saying, oh, lousy market, nobody's going to watch? Like, no, like, like watch it because it's going to be good hockey. Like, Dallas and Vegas is going to be an excellent series. That's going to be a really, really good, entertaining, fast-paced series. Like that's yeah. that's good enough. Like like it's just like if you're if you're if you're like I just don't get it. You let these teams into the league, and then people complain about them being successful. Like, yeah. did you not see that coming? Like they were gonna they were gonna figure it out at some point. They were gonna get good at some point. And you that know? point was immediately for Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're, I, that's a hockey culture thing. And I, I thought about it a lot because um, in my family, I'm basically the only hockey fan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've noticed that basketball fans just turn on basketball all the time. Exactly. And, and that's that's football fans turn yep. on football all the time. Yep. Even especially like Thanksgiving or whatever American Thanksgiving, they even if it's not their team playing, they just turn on football because well, it's, it's, always, American it's Thanksgiving. always Detroit and Dallas, right? On right. Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah. No, shouldn't, no, no. And and that that is shouldn't what, the Lions be losing that, somewhere? That is yeah, exactly. That is where hockey comes up short. Is in that you know? Once, I think it's why once, hockey has trouble growing. Once my yeah, once my team is done, I have no interest. Yeah. Well, okay, then that's that's on hockey. Right, that's yeah. on the NHL to grow its fan base a little more, so that people go, "Yeah, my team's done, but I still love watching hockey, 
And I, I, I think these series are going to be really good, and I'm going to tune in. Yeah, how were you not, if your team was done, thinking to yourself, well, what's Leon Dreisaitl going to do tonight? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, I, don't, I haven't had a team forever. Yeah. Like, because I just, you get, you sort of learn to tune that fandom out. Yeah. And it kind of gets beaten out of you. But, yeah. But, like, I was a huge Montreal Canadiens fan. I thought you were a huge Leafs fan. Yeah, no, 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 never was. I thought I, you either loved or hated the favorite team of every person li- listening. I do. I yeah. well, I hate. I love the Leafs and I hate the Leafs. Apparently, yeah. No, yeah. I yeah. yeah yeah. And the and the reason why I hate the Leafs, when someone asks me if if they're a Leafs fan, I say it's because I hate you and you cheer for them. <laughs> nice. That's why. Yeah. But but anyways, but like I was a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, and quite. You know, <laughs> during my teenage years, mm-hmm. they're actually they were actually in the Stanley Cup final almost all the time. Yeah, so it it was pretty easy to stay tuned in. But even after they got beat, I I would watch it. Like I I hated the Bruins, and if the Bruins were in the final, I would be watching the Bruins. Of course, you know I I mean I watched the Flyers in the seventies, and I watched you know through the eighties when you know other teams like the Islanders were winning, and then then Edmonton, and mm-hmm. like I I stayed watching. Of course, of course. Like the only way that I find it difficult to s- stay watching is that uh, my wife disengages when the that, Habs are out. Yeah, that makes it better, doesn't it? Then you can watch it by yourself, and you don't have to. That's fun watching with 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 the old lady. Oh, you said that with it's fun watching. No, the other part. <laughs> Ouch. Um, she's actually a year younger than me. She is. So, eh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the younger chicks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had uh, aunt my wife. And uncle. My wife actually hates hates hockey. Never watches it. So it's, it's probably it's very much a solitary per, yeah. solitary pursuit for me. Um, uh, I had an aunt and uncle, great aunt and uncle, Ted and Alice, and they were ninety one and ninety respectively. And uh, also, I hate when people misuse respectively. Mm. Ted and Alice, ninety one, ninety. That's what respectively is. Correct. Because Ted's 91. I hate when people just say respectively as like a f- really nice way of saying nothing. Okay. Anyways, uh, Ted and Alice and... Uh, respectively, I disagree. <laughs> okay, hurry, say up. Respectfully? hurry up with this story. Hurry up with this story. He used to say that he was in younger chicks. Right. But okay. what was even better was that his son, Robbie, yeah. called them TNA. And so they started calling themselves TNA all the time, and they didn't really realize what it meant because they, they were 91 and 90, it, respectively. And, the, and their names are Ted Nallis, and, their names and they are thought, Ted oh, Nallis. it's just their first name. Yeah. Cool. It's hilarious. Yeah, okay. Uh, so anyways, but I do love watching hockey. I love watching good hockey. I love watching whatever. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I said this last week. I turn on the TV. I don't even know what the schedule is. I turn on the TV. Yeah. Who's playing? And even in the regular season, I turn on the TV, who's playing, that's the game I, I mean, want to watch. I mean, 2014, the Western Conference Final between the Chicago Blackhawks and the LA Kings mm. might have been the best series in the history of the game. Really? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, I'm not disputing that it was amazing. Went game seven. It was, that was... Just think of how many series you've watched in your yeah, life. Yeah, no, that that might be like pound for pound, game for game. Yeah. That might be the best series that I've ever seen. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I could, it would definitely be top three and, and yeah. might, might be top one. 
So you know what? You don't need to have a you don't need to have a dog in the fight. In fact, I will suggest to people who are fans and really, really rapidly cheer for a team mm-hmm. that once your team is out and you can just watch, it's a, it's kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah, it really is because you can just watch. Yeah, you look forward to the games. You don't dread them. You don't get all wrapped up in it. You don't get yourself tied up in knots. You're just like, hey. I'm going to watch a good hockey game tonight. And I'm going to enjoy this three hours of really good competition. I have no rooting interest. I'm watching it as a fan of the game. And this is great. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, do, I agree. Uh, and hockey is the greatest sport in the universe. So, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just want to watch all that you can? Um, yeah. So, let's talk about the series. Coming up. Tell tell that to some people who had to watch France and Austria play in the world championship. <laughs> my 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 former buddy at the hockey news, Stephen Ellis, I think was the only person in the world watching that game. I think you mean to say former colleague. He's not your former buddy, presumably. Oh no, he's former colleague. Yeah, he's pre- still buddy. <laughs> We're still not buddy. on talking terms. <laughs> no, no, no. We actually are very much on talking terms. I know you guys yeah, are. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought former colleague. Thought I should. It's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. That's Steven, you heard it here first, buddy. Uh, yeah. You and Ken, you're out. Yeah. 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 I produce He's his podcast now. He's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Vegas. I sure hope people listening to this have patience because we've really meandered a bit. This is, we're, we're not normally this bad. Okay. Can I, can I say my hot take? I, to, I almost told you this when you walked in the door because I was so excited and interested that I found this. Okay. So the narrative around Edmonton, versus uh, Vegas, right, was that Edmonton couldn't put, couldn't put it together five on five. Right. But to my eye, they were racking up a lot of pretty decent shots and shot attempts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They just couldn't make it work. Right, right. Right? So I was curious. So I went on to see what their five on five numbers were. Edmonton had more uh, shot attempts at five on five than the Golden Knights. Can you guess to the tune of? No. What the percentage was for Edmonton? No. 65.5%. Wow, to 34.5? To 34.5. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Five on five. Five on five. Hmm. That's not the power play. Yeah. Uh, but they had, and, and scoring chances, 61.5%. So that leads me, leaves me a little bit concerned about the Golden Knights going into this series. Okay. But once again, I told you that I was going to be completely insufferable. My goalie take shines through, which is I trust Vegas' goalie depth more than Edmonton's Aiden Hill for the win, baby. You didn't even know it was Aiden Hill. You, yeah, that's bullshit. You, you, thought it said, was, you thought it was going to be Laurent Bressois and Jonathan Quick. And, and you didn't even Aiden have Hill. Aiden. You didn't even have him in the equation. I did have him in no, the equation. No, I, I will give you... I'll give you <laughs> that you had no faith in. I'll give you that you had no faith in Stuart Skinner. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. But you had, you you didn't know on the other I side. I thought that Jonathan Quick was going to see a game. I did. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. Yeah. But I did list Aiden Hill as one of them. Right. That I had more faith in than either Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell. Do you have more faith in Aiden Hill than you do in Jake Ottinger, who had a rough, holy had a rough smokes, series. he had a rough series. Had a rough, rough series. series. But when they needed him in game seven... He showed up. Did they need him in game seven? They did. They did. Yeah, that one shot. 
<laughs> that one shot. I could I, I could have held it to a one-goal game. 23 shots. Crying out loud. 23 like, shots. But nothing went on the inside on it. Yeah. Well, th- there, was, there was one breakaway that I remember in the game. But, I mean, there have been times in this playoff when Dallas has really needed him. Yeah. And he's really stepped up. Yeah. Like, so, I, I don't know. Do you have... Do you have more faith in Aiden Hill than you do in Jake Ottinger? I probably have more faith in Jake Ottinger. I would agree with that. Um, so Dallas scoring chances against per sixty mm-hmm. at five on five, lowest of every every single team that is and was in the playoffs. Oh, okay. So cool. cool. In theory, Jake Ottinger shouldn't really need to do all that much. Maybe Jake Ottinger is like <coughs> like Curtis Joseph. He needs. Like and I, I really believe that there are goalies like this. Yep. That they need tons of shots. Yeah. It's they possible. need they need more work in order to really be good. And when they don't get enough, sometimes they don't look as good. Well, it's part of the reason Maybe why he's I one always, of those guys. I'm always on on the Broder, you know, train is because I just feel like he could get three shots or thirty shots and he still looked good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And often he got three. But yep. often he also got thirty. Yeah. And so, anyways, and I think that that's a very impressive feat for a goalie because I agree with you. There's some goalies that they need a certain workload, and there's some goalies that they need a much higher workload, right? And, and Cujo was definitely one of those guys yeah, that I needed to just get filled in. One of those guys. I don't know. I'm. I. I don't know. Anyways, Juan needed a, a high workload as well. Yeah. I found. Yeah. He played his best to, behind. To me, to me, defense. Curtis Joseph was the guy that I the poster that stands, child. stands out the most for that. Yeah. You yeah. know, forty five shots. He's great. Yeah. 17 shots, not so good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you feel about this series? How do you feel that they line up? They, they're I, really I feel, two very similar teams. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a very entertaining series. I think there's a lot of cool Either that subplots. Either just all like neutral the, zone turnovers. Like the, Pete, like the Pete DeBoer, you know, going against his old team. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of really good subplots. I think it's two really, really evenly matched, really good teams. Um I'm I'm completely agog at what Joe Pavelski is doing at the age of 38. Agog, agog, is perhaps the most apt word for it. It really is. Yeah, I mean, like get get real. Yeah, you're 38. Yeah, and you came off a concussion. Yeah, come on. And and I mean, he's Maybe the guy, right? Like he's the guy. Him. He's the, <laughs> he's the guy, right? Like he's yeah. the guy. He's the guy that everyone would like to see win the Stanley Cup. There are a couple of guys in the conference final that, you know, fall into that category. You know, he's one. Brent Burns would probably be another one. Yep. Uh, you know, um, those are probably the two guys that, you know, you would say they're the elder guys that, you know, you'd kind of like to see one of them win this year, and you kind of might see one of them win this year. Let me ask you this question. How many people do you think are going to be getting disc replacement surgery? Coming up. Oh. Jack Eichel is playing fabulous hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, no, no, but I'm not saying this like to make yeah. a joke about whatever. I'm saying yeah, yeah. this about guys yeah. that have maybe had a lingering issue and it's not so bad that they've wanted mm-hmm. to fu- done the do the fusion surgery and so they want to just yeah. kind of try to play through it. And now they're going, well, I don't have to be scared of the disc replacement surgery anymore. Well, like uh, anymore. No one had ever done it before. No, but that's why they were scared yeah, of it. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying that that like now it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely so right. So how many guys have had lingering issues that they've been forcing themselves never through? Know, eh? You never know. I feel like we're going to see like four in yeah. the next two years. And this is like his first playoff, right? It's his first playoff. Like he said after, the, after they won, he says, kind of took me a minute to get here. 
<laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It's I, really I kind of like Jack Eichel. I think he's rounding into a more likable character. Like when I hear him talk in interviews now, I hear it. I hear it seems to me there's an attempt to to be personal. And I, I like it. I like it. And I, I like everything about this. I like the fact that he got dealt to Vegas. And I really like the fact that it's a great trade for both teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's been a fa- like it's, fabulous it, Like it's one teams. that worked out for both teams. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're not just, uh, you're not just um, uh, bitter because you're a Buffalo fan. Just making another fan joke. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. a good one though. No. Um, they're not all going to be winners. No, no. They can't all be first rounders. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this 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 will be a very, very intriguing series. I think it'll go seven. I think Dallas will win. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it went five and Vegas won. So I, they are extremely similar teams. In the way that they're built and in the way that they're coached, mm-hmm. I think that boy, it's just such a toss-up because I think that so I think that Bruce Cassidy's a better defensive coach. I think that it was clear how much better Vegas is defensively now under Bruce Cassidy than they were mm-hmm. last year under Pete DeBoer. Okay, so I think that Bruce Cassidy Dal- Dallas is you just said though Dallas is giving up the fewest. Yeah, five on five chances of any team. I in the did playoffs. say that. You're absolutely yeah, right. So. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, I think that Dallas has a much deeper and better forward core than Vegas. Hmm. And when you consider that they've been doing this, I don't want to say without uh, Robertson, but right. uh, with without the full Robertson, the full effect of yeah, Robertson, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and even Jamie Ben. Uh, or sorry, Jamie Ben has, has has really stepped into that role of being the Jamie Ben that we were hoping to see another time yeah, in the yeah. playoffs because he is yeah. he's so much fun in the playoffs when he's really going. Mm-hmm. Like he's just he's just like he's just an animal. Um, and Rupe Hintz, Rupe Hintz, like if you didn't oh, think that Rupe this guy Hintz. was a beast before, unbelievable, and you should have, yeah, you should have. Like he, he got lost in the shuffle. I said this a week well, ago. He, was also, he got like, lost in the last shuffle last year or the year before. He was basically put together with ball and twine and yeah, wire and yeah. he was so hurt and everything mm-hmm. but this guy's a this guy's just a beast yeah but he last uh, like in the last couple of years with robertson and now wyatt johnson who also is playing quite well but with those guys coming up into the system mm-hmm. rupe hints who was the shiny new toy four years ago yeah, got yeah. really lost in that shuffle yeah, and yeah. he definitely came out and i don't know the way that dallas handled seattle in game seven was um scary Clinical, it, yeah, and and like it makes me wonder, like, why did you lunch just, pail? Why did you just decide to do that at, when you got to Game Seven? Like, why didn't you do that earlier in the series? I I don't know, Pete DeBoer. It's like he just said, "Fellas, no more loafers. We're putting on the work boots." I guess I don't know. Slow clap for slow you clap for that, one. For, that. <laughs> for that one. Yeah, look, I don't know why. I, I really yeah. don't, but all I know is that that was the Dallas that I was expecting to see. Right. That was the Dallas that I was expecting to see. They just grabbed their lunch pails. They went to work. Mm-hmm. So. They look like they couldn't Dallas, have been less impressed with Seattle. Go, Vegas is scoring slightly higher than Dallas in these playoffs. Yeah. Um, I mean, power play Dallas has been very, very good. 
um, like way better uh, mm-hmm. both on both on both both sides of special teams. Dallas has been been much much better. They win more faceoffs. They they really like they hold a lead well. You yep. know, yeah, like like you know when they went into you know like when they went into the second the third period in game seven with a one nothing lead. I think it was a one nothing lead. Or it might have been two nothing by that point. Mm-hmm. You knew it was over, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I was yeah. I was not even fully paying attention at that point. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not gonna lie, the game was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. After all that talk about just watch hockey. Hockey's great. To be honest, by the by the going into the third period, I was like, ah, what are we doing here? It yeah, was, yeah. I, I think yeah. that it was one nothing going into the third, and then two nothing very quickly into the third, or at the end mm-hmm. of the second. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly, but. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, I think that there needs to be a, a quick honorable mention for Darcy Kemper for just putting up an incredible playoff performance. For whom? He plays for Washington. Philip Grubauer. <laughs> it's the two German names got me. And also both one current or both former Colorado goalies. Come on, it's not a crazy mistake to make. Who coaches the Winnipeg Jets, Dylan? <laughs> oh, shut up. Like, oh Pete DeBoer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> That's my equivalent of the goalie knocking the net off the moorings on a 2 on 0. Look, Ken, the brain's a little scrambled eggs at this point. You know, it, some it, of us no, were good at sports. It'll be really interesting. It'll be really interesting because the stars are going to forecheck the hell out of Vegas. And yeah. they're going to try and pin them in their own end, and the and Vegas did have some uh, some issues with zone exits and that sort of thing. Uh, As did I, Dallas, I like, though, I like to Vegas, be honest, I like Vegas. Um, the fact that Vegas has not made special teams a, a, an issue because they they've been pretty disciplined. Yeah, they kind of stay out of the box, with the rare exception of Alex, Alex Petrangelo, <laughs> almost almost. You know, yeah, deca- or not decapitating, but dearmitating, de- but yeah, yeah, amputating uh, Leon Dreisaitl's arm. Yeah, that um, was all of their undisciplined, just bottled into one incident. Yeah, so that was yeah, smart. Yeah. Just do it one time and then get it out of the way. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is that it's it's hard to kind of gauge because so Dallas had trouble also kind of gaining the opposing zone, but Seattle was playing a very effective style of defense to prevent on that rush attempt and so it's kind of like it's kind of hard because they're it's like that meme where you see spider-man pointing at spider-man you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah. it's just hard because you've got dallas just got out of a series with seattle a a defensive juggernaut team and they're now going to play maybe maybe edge goes to dallas because defensively or offensively, it, it just in the series. Well, yeah, I I think it does. I mean, you've got you. You already said Dallas has the deeper and better forward core, which is correct. Mm-hmm. Vegas has the better and deeper defense core, which is I think you know that that's that's I think pretty self explanatory. Yeah, you know, I mean, their third pairing is Nick Hague and Zach Whitecloud. Yeah, and you know, I mean, what's who Dallas? A little Thomas Harley and not- Joel Thomas Harley and Joel Hanley who barely see the ice yeah right um so yeah and that so it may come down to goaltending and if ty if jake ottinger's 
the best goalie in this series, then maybe that's that's where that's 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 the that's the X factor, maybe. Okay, so I've looked it up. I think that uh, Jake Ottinger, see no evil, hear no evil, eh, Ken? Yeah. yeah. I think that Jake Ottinger, mm, he's got better, much, much better potential. But guess who the best remaining save percentage goaltender in the playoffs is? Freddie Anderson? Aiden Hill. Oh, okay. Guess who the best remaining goals saved above expected goaltender in the playoffs I, I, is? Oh, okay. Well, I'll know that for sure. I can't even explain goals saved above expected potential expected Corsi five on five. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Sergey Bobrovsky, but then second best is Aiden Hill. Nice. Then they should. That then, I as I said before, they should be expecting more from him. Then <laughs> they should be expecting more if he's way above expected. Then raise expectations. Expect more. Five versus five, team save percentage. Dallas has the worst team save percentage of any team left in the playoffs. That doesn't surprise me. Five versus five, team save percentage. Vegas has the best team save percentage of any team left in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I want to say, like, you know I love Ottinger. I love his style. I love his athleticism. I love watching him. You know I love Ottinger, but uh, maybe it's just not his year. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe Maybe it's the year of Aiden Hill. It might be. (laughs) He's going to go down as like the Chris Osgood kind of thing, you know, (laughs) like if they wind up winning, eh? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or or the (laughs) anti-Ranta. Yeah. Something like that. Or the... Although he's been really good. But anyways, you know, you know what another another guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Got it Phil, right. Or Philip Grubauer, whichever. Um, he didn't win a cup, though. The um, the one guy in Vegas who really intrigues me. Chandler Stevenson. No. Well, him. Yeah, him for sure. Not a bad guess. For okay. sure. Go on. Uh, William Carlson. Yeah. He, like, he's a guy who's basically reinvented himself. Uh, he's kind of yeah. now like a shutdown guy. Yeah. Like when he first, when, his, when he was there the first year after he got taken from Columbus after scoring six goals, he scored 41 goals and everybody thought he was this offensive player. Mm-hmm. He drove Connor McDavid crazy. Yeah. He drove him crazy. Yeah. Like it got to the point where they were keeping him away from, from William Carlson. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Connor, we know you're the best player in the world, but you're really not doing it against William Carlson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah. anyways. Yeah. In unstoppable force meets the immovable object of William Carlson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you ever well, wonder if, um, do you ever wonder if uh, the Dallas Stars have a nickname for Essa Lindell that they maybe call him My Pillow Guy? No. No? I never wondered Mike, that. Mike Lindell? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A I, crazy Republican I, weirdo. I know. Yeah. 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 Okay. Man, those ads were everywhere for so long. <laughs> eh? Oh boy, a lot of. If lot I of were if I were Essa Lindell's teammate, I would call him my pillow guy. Unless he came to me and said that guy's a, an idiot and a nut bar, and I'm offended that you would compare me to him, and then I would stop. I would. But call, until then, I would call him my pillow guy. I would call him pills. Pills. Yeah. And then, and we know what we would all yep. know what that means, and we would well, exactly. call him pills. Okay. Pillow. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyways. Okay. Um, you know, as you say that about William Carlson, it really occurs to me like like Vegas. I don't know what they're putting in the water there, but like think about how Chandler Stevenson reinvented himself. They don't have well. water in Vegas. 
<laughs> what they put into the water in Vegas is well, Chandler, water pumped Chandler, from elsewhere. Chandler Stevens had reinvented himself the other way. That's what I'm saying. He's all, it, he was a defensive play, center. Yeah, playing in Vegas has, has opened up all of his sort of offensive prowess. No, but his first... When he was in Washington. No, but I think his first year in Vegas... Uh, when he was basically the number one center. Yeah, he's... And ba- he had to play defensively as the number one center. And then the next year, right. they move him to the wing, and he becomes an offensive right. winger. Right. And so that's what I'm just saying. He's is been that he's, pretty productive there, for sure. He has, yeah. For sure, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize that he was as... I, I, I noticed this in the, in the year. I didn't realize that he was as fast as he is. Hmm. He's quite the speedster. But anyways, it's just well, interesting they need, how... they need somebody fast because Mark Stone's on that line. <laughs> no, I mean, Mark Stone is not... Like, especially Mark Stone with a bad back. Yeah. 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 Talking about disc replacement surgery. Maybe he'll do it next. Yeah. Well, we're not doctors. No. So how do you think this is going? You think Vegas is way? Ah, jeez. You kind of said. No, I. No, you said Dallas. I have a, I just, I have a, I have a soft spot for Dallas. I've got a soft spot for Dallas too, I I, I think, I think, I think they, yeah. Yeah. It's a coin flip. It's a coin flip. Um, And I'll, I'll. Like and I don't even know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Dallas. You don't know why? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that they're I think that they're just deeper in every in sense key, of the word. Not defensively, they're not. No, fair no. enough. I mean, definitely, I'd say that uh, Dallas's bottom pairing had a bad uh, series on <laughs> the last one. But usually, I think that they're normally pretty good. Okay. That's all. Okay. So, yeah, the depth is better on mm-hmm. Vegas' D, but I wouldn't, like, not crazy so. So what are we looking at? I, I'll say Dallas in seven. Uh, I want to say Dallas game as well. Over, game seven will be overtime. Triple game seven overtime. will be overtime, triple overtime. Triple overtime in game Both seven. teams looking for their first goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope not. Dallas has a lot more offensive potential. Yeah. And going by potential, goaltender potential. Right. But uh, like we said earlier, Aiden Hill's killing it. So mm-hmm. uh, he's just not really the hill that I want to die on. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. You know what? You said Dallas. I think it's such a coin flip. I'm just going to say Vegas just to be a dick. Okay. Let's start again. Okay. Hey, everybody. Let's face it. With coffee starting at $5. $5? Is that how much it costs for coffee now? Holy smokes. No wonder I don't drink coffee. Without any customizations and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we're officially entering a dupe session. What's a dupe session, you ask? Well, most products do the same thing but are priced differently, differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial to getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. You can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 5000 
50,000 five-star reviews, three customizable sound profiles, ear tap bud functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistance, eight hours of playtime. What more do you need? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get your 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, so let's move on to the East with the Carolina Hurricanes facing off against the, as we all predicted would be the case, Florida Panthers. Well, before the season... Before the season, before yeah. this season started, yeah. if somebody had said Carolina and Florida are going to be the teams in the Eastern Conference Final, you would have said, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. tracks. That tracks. That's fair. Uh-huh. And then Carolina got 1,000 injuries and Florida barely made the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Correct Amundo. Yeah. Yep. Honestly, uh, I've been thinking a lot with, with Florida. I've been thinking a lot about Mark Bergevin. There's guys that get you in and there's guys that get you through. Right. Okay. That's what I've been thinking a lot about with with the Florida Panthers. Oh, I think uh, because they snuck in by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, but they also won the President's Trophy last year, so they weren't as maybe as good as they were last year, but they weren't as bad as they were this year. Well, they, they got inju- rid of some guys that got too. them in. They had injuries too. Anthony Duclair was hurt for a long time. Yeah, um, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think. I think Barkov was hurt for a while. Um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, they, yeah, I mean. One thing that I'll say is, and I think that this was in our, our preseason prediction, and I think we both said this, is we were like, we don't know what Florida's goaltending is going to be, but if they get the goaltending, they'll be right. a great team. And and I think it's, and they're t- all I think it's time the to, like, I think it's time to sort of, like, and the Florida Panthers are going to do this because they should. Yeah. But like, okay, the. You know, the plucky Florida Panther thing. It was kind of cute for a while. And it's like, you know, yeah, well, nobody expected us we to be here. We want Florida. And, and everybody thinks we're going to lose. And, you know, and so Florida's going to play that up. But come on. You know, I mean, they're they're a good team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you play that card every single time you, you can. Of course you do. No matter what team yeah. you are. Yeah. Yeah. You're the Boston Bruins who just won the President's Trophy. You playing that? You're playing that card. Yeah, exactly. card. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. You're like everybody thinks that we're old, you know, and you're doing it. So, I I hear what you're saying. Uh, let's start off with predictions on this one. Let's reverse engineer it. Okay. What does your gut tell you in this series? My gut tells me that Carolina's going to win. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My it gut tells me, tells me it that- tells me that pretty decisively too. Really? My yeah. gut's telling me Florida. Okay. But I also, I've I've fallen prey to this before where a team that I very, very undervalued for a long time, I all of a sudden went, okay, I'll believe in them. And then they get creamed. Right. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done this before and <laughs> I'm aware of my tendency to uh, to do this, but my gut's telling me Florida. So tell me why your gut's telling you Carolina. Let's see if we can reverse engineer I this. Ju- I just think they're they're just so well-rounded yeah you know yeah. i mean their defense course is it's the best defense core left in the playoffs i don't think there's any yeah yeah there, there's yeah, no yeah, yeah that, that's not even that's like maybe vegas 
Maybe yeah. Vegas comes close. Yeah. But they've got the best defense core in the playoffs. Yeah. They're getting very, very good goaltending right now. Yeah. And, I mean, they're getting contributions from everybody. Yeah. Like, if I told you Sebastian Ajo and one other player are tied for the scoring lead with the Carolina Hurricanes, who would you think that other player is? Bet you wouldn't say Jordan Martinuk. No, I bet you wouldn't say that. Brent Burns or somebody. Yeah, I bet you wouldn't say Jordan Martinuk. Yeah, it's Jordan Martinuk. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's not. It's not Martin Natchez. It's not you know, whomever. Yeah, it's Jordan Martinuk. Yeah. So you know, Seth Jarvis has been very good for them. Jesper Fast has been excellent. Uh, Yeah, I just think they're just so strong all over. They don't seem to be phased by the fact that. They're without their top scorer, that they're without, you know, a, a really good player in Teravinen. They never really had Pacioretty. Like, so it's not like mm-hmm. they are even missing Pacioretty because they never really had him. Pacioretty teased us for like four games. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's not like they've had to adjust to that, you know? Yeah, I just yeah. see a team that is so, like, incredibly well coached, so structured, so disciplined. I I don't know. They just look like a team that is on a mission. That's it. Yeah. Um I I agree with that. I I do agree with that. They're you know, and, and of course I always go back to goaltending because I mean so many series are just won and lost on on the whims of goaltenders. Yeah. And the truth is is that if Bobrovsky falters I don't think that Alex Lyon is a real is a real option in terms of a guy that can win you the series. But mm-hmm. if uh, Freddie Anderson falters, Antiranta can very very capably step in and win you a series as he's proven right on right. on a, occasion uh, on time time again. Um, Carolina is. The thing that I was worried about when they had all the injuries. They, they've also figured out a way to win at home, which is not something <laughs> nobody else has been able to do in these playoffs. Yeah. That's and a good they've got point. home ice advantage. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The thing that I was worried about with Carolina with the injuries was that they were going to ask too much of Jordan Stahl. I thought that they were going to be starting to ask Jordan Stahl to be more of contributing offensively. Yeah. And they haven't. And no. he has done his job perfectly. And the guys that should be contributing offensively have. Uh, stepped up to those roles more so to and and they don't said, they don't need offense as much right because they're no. so good defensively that they don't need to score a ton of goals and they don't need they have they don't one need barn a game burner breaker. game they don't need a game breaker right like yeah it's it's weird because I mean Matthew Kachuk on the other side is you know although I didn't find he did much in the Leafs series after game one in fact he was kind of like. Invisible. No, Sam Bennett did a lot After more of the one. agitating in the Leafs series. No, no, but even scoring and like having an impact on the game and everything. Yeah, yeah. He just didn't. He just didn't do much. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it was it was the Carter Verhages and the Sam Bennetts that won that series. Well, that's what it is. And the Nick Cousins. Sam Bennett. And the Nick Cousins is is. Yeah. Yeah, that won that series. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, Florida obviously has the edge offensively. Uh. Carolina has a huge edge defensively. Yeah. 
Although, although Florida's defense is underrated. I always Very thought, underrated. I always, like I thought before this year that Florida was a Aaron, Aaron Ekblad injury away from being a, a lottery team, like a serious lottery team. Yeah, yeah. Remember when we were all thinking, oh, well, Montreal's going to get their pick and it might be a lottery pick yeah. and all this stuff. It's going to be 28th. Yeah. Because they're in this conference final. Like yeah. It's, yeah. So anyways. Um, Montreal Twitter, I, I think, by the way, was very amusing having to cheer for the Leafs. Yeah. Against Florida. Oh, that's right. And yeah, cheering yeah. for Boston yeah. against Florida. Yeah, yeah. So Montreal Twitter has been a, a very interesting place to be a part of. I think, I think Florida's done a great job of getting value out of their defense. Like they've gotten good, good value yeah. out of their defense this year. Yeah. Um, but I think it's pretty it's pretty decisive that Carolina has the better defense. The better defense core. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and not even just so the better defense say, core, but the better team defense yeah, as well. Yeah. I would say I would say Florida gets the edge offensively. Carolina gets it big time defensively. And it's probably at this point a Soft in goals, in goal, in the net. It's probably even. If Bobrovsky keeps on playing the way that he is, then it's actually a decent decent edge, I think, to Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is a much bigger if than <laughs> saying if Freddie Anderson keeps on playing the way that he plays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... Florida's gotten good, good value. Brandon Montour has been good in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um... Mark Stahl's been good in these playoffs. Rai Kogudis has been good in these playoffs. And, of course, Aaron Ackblad's been good. I, but mm-hmm. that, you know, need no introduction, right? Right. Um, the other ones are more surprising. <laughs> uh, it's... I don't know how to say it. Florida's just Florida's just rolling. And I, and I really wonder if they're going to... If they're going to give... Uh, if they're going to give Carolina their first real taste of... Fear, maybe, uh, and I know I know that New Jersey beat a, Carolina uh, a couple of times. I know de- that they did. They definitely have a circa 2012 LA Kings f- feel about them. Yeah, you know, a team that just gets in and then gets on a wicked roll and wins it. Yeah, you know, they they do have that feel about them. I'll I'll get you. I'll grant you that. I think that like, and there's nobody. There is no line. There is no forward line that is going to match up well. Against Kachuk, the, the cousins Bennett. Kachuk Bennett line. Yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna be the back end. Yeah, it's you know you know Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci and Brent Burns and Brady Shea. They're they're gonna have to do some really really heavy lifting against those against that line and against the Florida you know the Florida offensive units. So Brent Burns is not one of the better defensive defensemen in the league. He's Decidedly an offensive defenseman. Yeah. If you were to put it into it. But he's also decidedly one of the stronger, scarier guys in the league. And he's not like he's not bad defensive. No, nobody's saying that he's bad. I mean, he is a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he was a forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I am really excited to see if Burns goes up against Kachuk. Not necessarily because Burns' defensive chops line up with Kachuk's offensive chops, but more because just pound for pound strength. You know what I mean? One of those situations of like, we're not going to stop the Kachuk line from scoring, but we can just hurt them. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. 
And so I wonder if Burns gets gets sent out and whichever pairing they've got him on for that series. Because they've, they've switched it a couple of times during the series. Yeah, it's, I think he's on their top pairing right now, though. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, um, Slavin. Right. Yeah. It's, he's on the left. Yeah. Slavin's but, on the left, Burns is on the right. But they've switched that up a little bit to have more defensive. Anyways, whatever. Uh, I, want, I wonder if that's something that they consider. Or if they consider going with a full full fledged shutdown pairing, put Slavin with um, Pesci. Pesci, yeah, yeah. yeah. and tr- just try to completely smother them. I don't know because Slavin and Pesci are great defensive defensemen, much better than Burns, both of them. But uh, they're not hurting you no. the same way. No, no, yeah, no. So I I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a really fun uh, series. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean they're going to have to get goaltending. They're going to have to get. Top-notch goaltending. Yeah. Um, Tara Vinen coming back, which he might possibly do later in this series. Ooh, I didn't I think, even think would, about would that. Be a, would be a big, big, big plus. Yeah. Um, and they're just, their depth guys have to keep, have to keep bringing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, you know. Like, but, but Florida's top two lines. Like, there's, there's, you know, it's not even close, right? No. You know, you got Barkov, Verhege, and Duclair. And you've got Bennett, Cousins, and Kachuk. I mean, those are those are the top two lines. They're better than anything, anything for in terms of forwards that Carolina can put out there. I'm more and more talking myself into Florida. Okay. But mind you, well, and we both kind of looked dumb for this one. I was going to say, I also said that Florida was going to get swept in, swept in the last round. <laughs> Although at least your team that you said was going to get swept got three wins. Yeah, they didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. But, it was almost a sweep in the in the Toronto Florida series. Yeah, exactly. Ah, 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 ah. Nice one, Kenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else we should uh, get to before we get out of here? No, I think we we've, we've exhausted everything. Yeah, I know, I know I'm exhausted. Yeah. So we're looking at I I'm taking I'm taking Dallas and Carolina. You and are taking ah, actually we're we're going completely opposite. We went you're opposites. Vegas, you're going Vegas, um Vegas, Florida. Vegas, Florida, yeah. Hey, yeah. all right. Yeah. Okay. So great. Don't forget to check out kencampbell.substack.com. Look up this podcast also on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review and check us out on Twitter at Ken underscore Campbell27 at underscore Dylan Wah and at Hockey No Filter. And we will talk to you soon. <laughs>